The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hi everyone, Kimberly Falker here, the founder and CEO of the Premier Dance Network, the only podcast network dedicated solely to the world of dance. And welcome to Pod to Chat with your host, Barry Corellis. Before we get started with today's episode, I'd like to take a moment and share a word from our sponsor. Body Rappers, Angela Luzio, is happy to be the proud sponsor of the Premier Dance Network. Body Rappers, Angela Luzio, is known for its fine total stretch tights and Angela Luzio shoes. Tyler Peck, principal dancer of the New York City Ballet, is its spokesperson and designer of Tyler Peck Designs for Premier. It takes a dancer who wears a leotard all day to know what is best in a leotard. So Tyler's beautiful original leotard designs fit perfectly, are ideal for class, rehearsal, or performance, and move well with the body won't ride up in the back. Body Wrappers makes additional apparel for all types of dance that includes ballet, jazz, modern, lyrical, hip-hop, tap, team, liturgical, performance wear for competition and recital, as well as Angela Luzio shoes. You may view all the products at www.bodywrappers.com or to purchase Tyler Peck designs by Body Wrappers, go to dancewearcorner.com or your favorite online dance apparel retailer for all their products. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corollis, and you are listening to Pod to Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this bi-monthly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I'm happy to share my 16 plus years of experience with you. Whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Hello, hello, hello. Happy fall to you all. We are officially in the fall season, which means exciting things like pumpkin spiced lattes, warmer clothes and scarves. <laughs> gets darker a little bit quicker, um, and all that stuff. Uh, oh, changing leaves. What else am I forgetting? Halloween, all the good stuff. My birthday too. Uh, my birthday's coming up in the middle of October. So I don't know. Maybe that's why I like fall so much. But anyway, we are officially in the fall season. Um, and looking outside my window right now, it is a rainy, rainy day. Uh, so it, it feels like the season has changed. Speaking of change, uh, there isn't too much changing to my schedule at Broadway Dance Center if you want to come take class with me. I still have my regular every level of ballet class offering uh, each week. If you don't know that, you can go on broadwaydancecenter.com and find my faculty bio. And if you click on there, you can see my regular schedule of classes. Also, I will be adding four advanced beginner ballet classes uh, throughout the first two weeks of October. I am subbing for Natalia Stavro, one of the regular faculty members there. Uh, and that'll be at noon on Thursday the 4th, Friday the 5th, Tuesday the 9th, and Friday the 12th. So there are more opportunities for you to take class with me if you are in the city or if you're visiting the city. I've been, I've seen so many people, uh, from this podcast, uh, li like listeners lately. It's been, it's been very cool to continue getting to meet you guys. So as I always say, if you come take my class, make sure that you let me know that you're a listener. I love to meet you guys.
So, uh, I'm trying to think if there is anything new that's been happening. I think I mentioned last time that I uh, wrote my first major print article in Dance Magazine that discusses uh, a bit about the cost of transitioning from my performing career to my choreography and teaching career. Um, that's in the October issue of Dance Magazine, so if you want to check that out, go ahead. Um, other than that, it, for me, it's actually been a calm week. I, I've spent the past week by myself at home, uh, and my husband was actually in Los Angeles. Um, and he just got back today. Yay. Um, but he wasn't in Los Angeles, uh, for good things, unfortunately. His grandfather has been ill for quite some time, and he is coming into the last days of his life. He's, he's lived a, a good long life. He's in his mid-80s, um, but it seemed like he was going to pass away last week, so Dan rushed to Los Angeles to go be with his family, and I, I had to stay home so that we could, you know, cover the expenses for the month. I, I'm sad that I couldn't make it out there, but uh, my husband really struggled with the decision when he should leave because for the past month or so, it seemed like his grandfather's health has been declining and we couldn't really get a good grasp on whether uh, his the end of his life was coming soon or if it would be a week, a month, a few months ahead. Um, so Dan really struggled with whether he should just hop on a flight to Los Angeles to be with his grandfather or if he should stay home and continue working. Um, he has his own business. He's a professional organizer. His business is called Spaces Transform that he built from the ground up once we moved to Philadelphia. Very proud of all of the work that he's done. Um, and because he runs his own business, he has a few clients here in New York City that really rely on him. Um, so he, he really struggled with when to leave because he didn't want to just go to Los Angeles and leave his clients uh, without his services that they had already booked into their schedules. Um, but he, he ended up going, and I, I'm really glad that he did go. Uh, his grandfather is, is still kicking. He's got... He's got some staying power, but uh, Dan had to come back because he did need to get back to work. But um, the reason I'm telling you this story, because I know it has nothing, rela it's nothing relating to dance, was because it, it reminded me of a few situations that I experienced during my dance career and my training um, where death was a discussion or somebody experienced a death and they couldn't decide whether to stay uh, with stay with the company and perform if it was a performance period or to go and be with their their family um, and I thought that this would be a really good topic to talk to because you know I, I often end up talking about things that are happening in my life or in the people's lives around me um, and this felt very relevant especially because there, there have been so many deaths in the dance world lately and even I feel like a handful of people I know have either experienced close deaths to them um, or you know like through the what is that like second connection type things um, so, yeah, 
what what are you supposed to do if you, if you experience a death and you are uh, not near your family? This happens commonly for dancers because dancers. Uh, I mean, I was seventeen years old when I moved away from home, um, and working for a, a ballet company or a modern company or for Broadway, uh, if you don't get a job with the company in your home city, you have to go to another city. It's not like a, an accounting firm where if you lose your job at the this accounting firm, you apply to the accounting firm, I don't know, like down the street. Um, ballet is very different. So chances are most dancers are going to be further away from their home, um, if not nationally, regionally, nationally, or internationally. Um, dancers are a different breed when it comes to making career decisions um, and life decisions. And a lot of times these decisions are driven by exactly where they are in their career, um, even if it's whether they're on the the verge of being promoted or even if it's just if they're in the middle of a performance, um, a performance week, people are, uh, or dancers are a lot less likely to leave and take personal days for things like deaths or doctor's appointments um, or simple things like, I don't know, getting your license, which I just got. <laughs> it took me almost a year to get. But yeah, so um, dancers are a lot less likely to do those things during their their rehearsal periods and their performance periods. And a lot of that, I believe, has to do with the fact that uh, careers are short and also uh, every opportunity that you do not utilize is an opportunity for somebody else to utilize it, which means that they could get ahead of you. And considering how short careers are and how difficult it is to be promoted and uh, if you are even promotion track, it's simple things like getting injured or disappearing for a couple of weeks could be a reason for a director to change their opinion of you and maybe consider not promoting you. Um, and I'm not saying these things lightly. I, I do believe all of these things to be facts. Um, every director is different. So maybe uh, if it's a better director, these types of things don't uh, come into play as much. But um, I know some directors where it's all about I want your 1,000% devotion to our company and the product um, of the company. So dancers really are, like I said before, a different breed when it comes to making these types of decisions. Um, I had never really thought about anything like what would happen, something bad happened in my life or if there was a death or if I was going through a bad experience, um, how that could impact my performance or choice to perform or anything like that and and I, so I hadn't thought of any of this until I went to the school of American ballet um, and I'm actually really glad that that this conversation happened uh, back at the time because I, I hadn't really discussed it and I'm glad that I had this knowledge before anything happened or before I watched it happen to other people so I remember being in pas de deux class um, with Jock Soto at the School of American Ballet when I was, I don't know, probably 18 years old. Um, and we always had pas de deux at the end of the week, Fridays. I forget what time. It was after technique. So it was probably like 2 to 4 or 3 to 5, uh, probably around the time that you'll be listening to this if you listen to it right away. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we would have pas de deux class with Jock. And I remember uh, we were doing some type of partnering um, 
combination and one of the dancers was starting to kind of have a mini meltdown because something was going wrong and I, I don't know if there's anything particular happening in this dancer's life but uh jock soto stopped the class and we ended up in this like life conversation which happens a lot you should take class with me sometimes i I sidetrack to life too um because dance is life right um (laughs) but anyway so i'm gonna just get completely sidetracked on this but so jock randomly started talking about something and um it led into him saying, I, I can't remember exactly what, what the person he said was, but we're going to say an uncle. Uh, I believe it was an uncle. So he said, your uncle dies and you are cast for the lead in theme and variations, uh, Balanchine's theme variations, which is like a pivotal ballet for, for many dancers' careers. Um, he said, so your uncle dies and you get you get cast in the lead you're very sad, you're very upset, um, and you have to make a decision. Do you go or do you leave? Do you, do you give up this opportunity to do this role uh, and leave for the funeral, even though the funeral isn't until a few days from now? Or do you stay and do you perform it? Um, and then he said, if the you do the role well and you're in the core and this is an opportunity, are you giving up an opportunity to be considered for a promotion? Um, and then he went even further and he said, now you choose to stay and the audience is excited to come to see the show and they don't know anything about your life or what's going on in your life right now. Um, and to be completely honest, they don't care what's going on personally in your life right now because they paid $200 for the seat that they're sitting in and they probably have issues that they're experiencing in their life in their life or they just want to see the beauty of the ballet uh, and they want to forget about all of their their issues and not see yours um and i remember when he told the story we were all just kind of staring at him and we thought that it was a very cold thing to say um i mean he and he said he said you're he said chances are if you get this opportunity you're not going to give it up you're gonna you're gonna fall through with it and if you do you have to go on stage and you have to create this persona and act like nothing is going on um and this was all in response to somebody who was having a bad day in partnering class (laughs) um but yeah, I, I remember talking to my peers after the class and saying how heartless of a concept it was and how we, we couldn't imagine anything like that happening in real life. Um, but in reality, it does happen. And I mean, we were too young and naive to know, but it does. And for, for me, it, it happened <laughs> twice in, in, the coming years very very soon after this time so uh the year after i left the school of american ballet i joined houston ballet um and it was the year that stanton welch took over the company from ben stevenson um and there was a core dancer who was getting an opportunity uh and that, that opportunity actually ended up leading to him getting promoted and during this season, because it was the first season that Stanton had taken over, 
I was a new dancer with the company. I was an apprentice, but most of the dancers in the company had been there seasons prior. But even though they were previously with the company, everybody felt like they were auditioning, even the principals, just auditioning to keep their job, let alone auditioning for promotion or for roles. Uh, but yeah, so this core member was given an opportunity and I can't remember which relative of his passed away, but I think it was a day or two before our, our performances, a family member of his passed away. It wasn't his father or his mother, but it was like somebody close to that. And I remember him coming back and saying, I was told that I have to make a choice between going to this funeral and performing this role. Uh, and here's the thing. We had two weeks of performances, and this was the first week of performances. If he had missed the opportunity to perform the first week, a reasonable human being would say, you know, I feel I feel for you, and if you can make it back for the second week, and we will hold a spot for you. And I'm, it's not always possible. I know that there's so many different politics, and sometimes certain people are cast on certain days for a certain reason, and it's very difficult to move people around. I get it. I don't want to say that. Stanton was being completely unreasonable in this, but I, I would have, if I were director, <laughs> I would probably have tried to find a way to, uh, a, a way to try to make things work. And if not, to at least convey that information to the dancer. But yeah, so the dancer was told, you can either go to the funeral or you can lose this role. And I remember being shocked that the dancer chose to have the role. And this is not a cut on them whatsoever. It's their life. It's their decision. Uh, but I just remember looking at this dancer and saying, you only get this one chance to say goodbye uh, and to be around your family and to get the support of your family and to support your family. And they chose the role over top of that. Um, now that I'm older, I have a much different perspective on that. Uh, but I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> All right, so that was a year after I was at School American Ballet. Then two years after this, so I the year I was at Houston Ballet for a year and then I joined Pacific Northwest Ballet. And the following year after that, when Peter Bull had just taken over, I got news after waking up one morning that my grandmother had shockingly died. Um, she had gone to the hospital for something minor and they kept her for a couple nights just to monitor her. She ended up having a heart attack, something completely unrelated. Um, and because it wasn't something major, she wasn't attached to any machine. So they had no idea that it was happening and they walked in the room and she had passed away. Um, they, they didn't even know how long ago she had, but so I woke up to this news and it was shocking. And we were actually in a performance week then. And the first thing I did was I made a, I, I set up a meeting with Peter Ball, the artistic director of Pacific Northwest Ballet. And I went in and I talked to him and he was, he was wonderful. He was extremely human and extremely understanding of the situation. And he said, you know, it's really your call. If you want to perform, go, go ahead and perform. If you need to leave, go ahead and leave. And I said, look, I, I, the funeral isn't today. Um, it's probably not going to be for a couple of days. Um, I'd rather perform <laughs> than just sit at home sad. Um, and then when I finally had my flight, I was like, then I might miss a performance or two then. But, uh, I, 
also chose to perform the night that I found out that my grandmother had passed away. Um, and it was actually quite healing for me. I, I dedicated the performance to her. Uh, and I, I don't remember if I cried or not, but it, it was just my, my grandmother had given up so much for me to have a performance career. She paid for my flights to summer programs. She was so extremely proud of me. She constantly uh, was buying me things like ballet slippers and tights and just making sure that I had access to uh, train and fulfill my passion to become a professional dancer. So yeah, I... I chose to perform that night in her honor, and then it was either the next day or the day after that I flew out for the funeral, and I missed one or two performances. So I kind of like bridged between those two. I, I I wasn't in a place where I was getting a massive opportunity the nights that I was gone, um, but still, just any chance to be on stage when it's your second year in the court of ballet is something that you don't really want to miss. Um, but I was really grateful to Peter Bull for allowing me the freedom to make that decision on my own without feeling the pressure that uh, Stanton Welch had placed on the, the core dancer while I was in Houston Ballet. Uh, so yeah, those are three different ideas. One is uh, when we were told how to handle that or that we had to handle those situations, like nothing had happened and to just go and perform and then deal with it on our own. Uh, the other one was where somebody said that they would have lost an opportunity, um, that could have led to them being promoted and they chose to stay and they ended up getting promoted at the end of that season. Um, and then the other one is where my grandmother passed away and I, I chose to perform the same night, but I left and missed a few performances after that. So, if you ever find yourself in this type of situation, how should a dancer make these decisions? Um, and, you know, this is one of those situations where there is no right or wrong answer. It really comes down to the person and the situation and uh, all of that. So if I can offer you any advice, I would say just think about all the different aspects of the situation and then make a decision based on your gut, uh, your gut feeling. I... I have learned in life that when I make decisions that I only feel in my head that are big decisions and I don't take a moment to like feel what my gut is telling me, I usually make the wrong decision. If, if I follow my gut, even if it doesn't feel right in the moment, in the end, it almost always ends up right. Uh, so really do truly follow your own intuition with this. Uh, because when it comes to death, it's not something that you want to really regret. So what I would suggest, talk with close family members. They'll be able to give you perspective if they need you. Um, like if it's an immediate situation. Uh, though something to keep in mind is sometimes people's reactions in death can be uh, anywhere from apathetic to extreme. So try to keep into perspective. So in order to keep things in perspective, talk to as many people as you can talk with your director. It was really valuable for me to talk to Peter Bull and to see where he was, because if I hadn't talked to him, I would have probably just assumed that he would have these negative thoughts towards me because I was messing with the casting by going home on like a last minute's notice. 
Uh, so I was really glad that I actually talked to him. And where for the core dancer Houston Ballet, they at least got some perspective where the director was going and what they were thinking. Uh, I'd also suggest get some advice from non-dancing friends and non-family members. It's always good to get some perspective from people who aren't in your career to say, okay, well, this is you in your bubble and these are the people in your bubble. And if this is what happens outside of your bubble and maybe this is reasonable or this isn't reasonable. Um, and if you do that outside your family too, it'll also ensure that you aren't just responding emotionally. Actually, I think emotionally is probably not the right word, but sometimes if you are overly emotional, it can be hard to make a practical decision. So what I'm trying to say is uh, you want to try to get a perspective so that you can have a practical response versus just one that is driven by the sadness and the shock of losing a, uh, a family member. Um, what else? Uh, what, what I would suggest is to take some time to think about more than just your career when these types of things happen. Um, as dancers, we're so career focused. We leave home at young ages uh, to focus on our career. We give up so many different things in, in life. Think about things like, do your relatives need your physical and emotional support? If it was a very, very close family member and you need to be home to support uh, fam your, your family, I would say that that would be a good decision to go. Or if you really need that support, it's it's good to be around other people that are experiencing mourning uh, and loss like you because sometimes one person needs to be held up and it's it's this reciprocal back and forth where you take care of each other both physically and emotionally think about how much time you're going to need uh, to process mourn and recover and just keep on reminding yourself that there is no right or wrong uh because we need to remember and i say this a lot uh beyond just these type of situation but we need we need to remember that we are humans first and dancers second. Uh, there are so many times that decisions in our lives are made as dancers. Uh, I remember when I was performing, should I jump across that puddle? Like I would go around it because I was afraid I could slip and fall. I, I wouldn't do certain activities because I was afraid that I would get hurt. I had certain rituals that I would go through every day, every night, every performance, just to make sure that I felt like I could perform at my best. But when it comes to the most human things like dealing with death, uh, it's a different story. And you really want to make sure that you allow yourself to go about that process as a person and not from a career perspective. So, I'm curious if, if if any of you have ever had an experience with this that was similar or different to what I've discussed, or if you have any uh, additional information about how you've handled a situation like this, please do uh, reach out to me. I'll share my contact information in a little bit. Um, or you can do that on my, my social media to just give me an idea of, of what you did because uh, it's... Some, this is something that every person, if you're living a good long life, <laughs> chances are you're going to experience this at some point. Um, and this happens beyond the dance world. But in the dance world, we are uh, 
trained to be submissive and we are trained to be focused on perfectionism and taught that we have a short career and that every single chance counts and it, it sometimes put puts pressure on us to act in ways that most other people wouldn't have to um and one thing you don't, like I said, you don't want to regret is missing out the chance to say goodbye to somebody in the way that you want to. If your way of saying goodbye to somebody is being able to do it on your own um, from a distance, more power to you. But many people need to be a part of that that period so they can get closure. All right, so I'm going to end this episode on that on this note. I hope that none of you are experiencing anything like this right now, and I I hope that if you do in the future that this will give you some tools to help you uh, take care of things that you need to. I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Pod to Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycorollis.com. Again, that's www.barrycorollis.com. You can also reach out on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcasts or to book master classes in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcast on the Premier Dance Network. New hosts from your favorite dance companies are being added monthly. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B. Carolis, or Twitter at Bariscos. Also, be sure to subscribe to my blogs. I have Dancing Offstage at dancingoffstage.wordpress.com. And on that platform, I talk about the post-performance careers of professional dancers. And if you would like to check out my archived blog, Life of a Freelance Dancer, you can find that at lifeofafreelancedancer.blogspot.com. And on there, for I spoke about working as a freelance artist and independent contracted for over five years. I also have a YouTube channel where you can check out my choreography and you can find that by going in the search panel and typing in B. Carolis. Thanks for listening in to Pod of Chat. I hope you return two weeks from this Friday to talk dance with me and remember to go out and support your local dance scene.